Hello, welcome to episode 142 of Right Act, the alternative music podcast with me, Stephen Hill. I'm joined as ever from now until the the levy breaks, I was going to say. Fucking <laughs> don't really know what that means. We I'm did sure Greta it's... Van Fleet a few weeks ago, mate. There's no point referencing yeah. them. <laughs> yeah, no, no. <laughs> they're, they're inferior old man band. Um, it's Renfrey Deadman. Hello. How you doing? Yeah, good, man. How are you? I'm all right. What do you want to do in the sort of first bit that we do where we don't really talk about music? Oh. What do you want to do this week? Uh, what kind what of weird we things do you want to talk Kind of oh, odd yeah. things you want to talk about? Oh, I know what I want to talk to you about. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, you watched uh, Promising Young Woman, remember? Yeah, I did. And then you put a very worthy tweet up about it, which made me go, good God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I got briefly annoyed at people, uh, idiots, uh, and uh, then remembered that it's not really worth getting annoyed at people, um, especially on Twitter. Uh, but yeah. Have you seen that film yet? I have seen it, yeah. It reminds me of Falling Down with Michael Douglas, which I like. That's fair. Um, I said that to my mate and he went, how? How is it like that? And I went, well, it's a sort of vigilante, this a singular underdog vigilante rising up and just sort of going, no, I'm not going to tread the path that society wants me to tread. I'm going to do something different and I don't care. Mm. And an unlikely one of them as well. And he was like, well, I don't think it's anything like that. She... <laughs> I'm throwing him under the bus here a little bit, but he went, she just, she just hates all men. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, maybe maybe it was uh, him who I was uh, tweeting. I don't know. Uh, well, <laughs> it, 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 it wasn't for a start. I mean, you went the other way and went, this should be shown in schools, which, yeah. <laughs> which I no, no, I don't I'm, think it I'm, should be shown in schools. I, I think that would be a very odd thing to show in I schools. I think it should be, be like. shown to teenagers in schools. Absolutely, it should be shown in teenagers in schools. I don't think I've seen a film explore that as acerbically as it does before. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Which is why, is which good. is why I, which is why I really responded to it. But yeah, fair enough. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I liked it. I wouldn't. I don't think it's like an affront, like some people do. I also don't think it's particularly massively important like i think people say it's really important it's not schindler's list or anything like that it's just good i thought it was just a very good film that's fair enough that's fair yeah. enough i want to see the sound of metal merlin at metal hammer tells me that's really good i'm watching that this evening um oh, yeah. yeah uh i have a fantastic so if you're listening to this renfrey will have seen the sound of metal <laughs> as you've listened to this yeah i'm gonna watch it on uh, my surround sound setup because uh, after all the uh i mean it won the oscar for best sound design and there's a lot of stuff yeah. going there's been talking a lot about how like the sound design's amazing apparently the sound design took something like three times longer to do than editing the film so i was like well okay if that's the case and they put that much really? work into it i'm gonna set up my surround sound for it so i'm doing that later this evening and yeah i'm gonna watch it tonight i'm actually really looking forward to it i'm sure it's gonna be ace good yeah so there you go there's our review of the oscars yeah <laughs> see one of the films um on the show this week we're going to be reviewing new music from gajira manchester orchestra royal blood and evil and we're going to say thank you very much to signature brew thank you signature brew cheers you're the best go over to signaturebrew.co.uk which is where you can purchase all of the fine beers and they do non-alcoholic i should say it's not like elitist and just for alcohol drinkers yeah have, they've got the lo-fi which is alcohol lo free yeah, yeah that's nice that yeah it is good it is good i mean you know i i just give them to other people well, obviously. <laughs> just funny you should say that actually i had one of them left i had one left when i wasn't drinking at the start of the year yeah. and they were becoming like a thing where i was like oh, i'm gonna have a lo-fi and it's like every time you get the kind of urge to have a beer some of them are awful i mean i have to say 
I know they're probably this is going to look like I'm just ratting on the competition. The Brewdog non-alcoholic. Oh my god. Yeah. Is awful. Is awful. It just tastes like soda water and wood chippings. It's rubbish, Ooh. right? It's but, my favorite kind of beer. Yeah, but the <laughs> signature brew, um, Lo-Fi, is it is lovely. Yeah. And you have one of them, and it just get it hits that spot, right? So I had one of them, and I had I had one left, one. And then my mate came over. Right, this is going back a few weeks. The same mate who saw Promising Young Woman and just totally <laughs> hated it on it, right? And I was like, I said, we're going through what I said outside. And I went, I've got one of the, I said, do you want a Coke or do you want a, I've got one alcoholic, non-alcoholic beer left because I know you're driving. I've got one left. Do you want it? And he went, oh yeah, I will actually. And he had four sips of it and then he left the rest. And I was like, that was my last one. Oh. And he didn't even drink it. Former piece friend. Of, Former you friend. Of, you piece of shit. So <laughs> if someone does offer you a signature brew, beer, drink the bloody lot. <laughs> um, I had uh, four pink vinyls in a row over the weekend. And oh, like you know, the nursery rhyme. You know, how, you know how I like my fruity beers. Oh, mm. I love the pink vinyl. Very nice. Yeah, it's good. It's good. So anyway, uh, it's 10 years they're celebrating this year. Brewing, music industry related beers. You may know them from their collaborations with the likes of sports team, slaves, idols, Frank Turner, Mogwai, Shikari, Mastodon, Jamie Lenman and more. As I said, go over to signaturebrew.co.uk and you can get 10% off of all of their wares by putting the code RIOTACT into the checkout. Cheers for that, lads. Um, Also, we start the show as ever by mentioning our patreon page patreon.com forward slash right act podcast where you can go and help us out with our uh w- wallets is that right <laughs> we give you, like. you some exclusive yeah we can give you some exclusive content if you cough up a bit of dosh uh we have a classic album double coming on monday mm. Theoretically, on Soundgarden. On Soundgarden. So we're going to be doing Down on the Upside from 1996, which mm. is my pick, sort of. And basically, it's both, sort of both of our picks. Yeah. And you've picked Super Unknown. Well, I yeah. picked Super Unknown. We both picked the same album. So anyway, you're going to get Super Unknown for free. Patreon.com forward slash right act podcast. Pay up £5 a month. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll get the other the other Soundgarden album. Um, I'm sure we'll I'm do Bad Motor. I'm sure. Oh, I'm so looking forward to it. I'm sure we will do Bad Motorfinger at one at some point as well. If there are people going, why are you doing Bad Motorfinger? But you know, that will we'll definitely probably we'll yeah. probably do that. Yeah. Yeah. Many moons from now, but we will do it. Um, also, we just put up Thrice's. Um, I nearly said everything you ever wanted to know about Silence <laughs> by Thrice, which is not what it's called. To be everywhere is to be is, nowhere. Yes, the comeback album from Thrice from 2016. That went up on our Rioters review. That was where you can suggest an album yourself. And we will, again, theoretically get to it. We've done a fair few. We're doing all right. We're getting through them. We've we, done 68. We, hammering down the... Yeah, we did do one on 68. You're right. <laughs> we have done 68. I know. I just said <laughs> we did one on 68. Comedy. This girl. <laughs> oh, I was getting you back for the this girl shit you were pulling all the time. Uh, yeah, we have. We we did. Uh, we got sixty eight available, and you know there are many albums for us to get through. We will try and get through as many of them as possible. But yeah, patreon.com forward slash right act podcast. That's where you can go check it all out. There's loads of exclusive content. You lucky gets. Um, 
Do you want to do a little plug for Broken Records? That's going well as well, isn't it? Mm, got yeah. a Neil Young. Got a Neil Young Broken Records coming out on Monday. Mm, yeah, which is fun. It's good. Yeah, we didn't really go too hard on it, to be honest. Nope. So it's fine. <laughs> it's yeah, fine. So probably worth moving on. Uh, Two thousand trees has been cancelled, Renfrey. Mm. After that chat we had a few months ago, where we were like, "Oh, they're pushing a bit hard," which we could sort of understand. Um, it is a shame to read that 2000 Trees has been cancelled. Now, I still hold hope in my heart a little bit that some sort of festival will go ahead this year. Do you? I do. <laughs> do you? I do. I hold I hold hope in my heart, yeah. Mm, mm. Is okay. that all right? Yeah, you're, I shouldn't you're, you're... hope for stuff. No, no, no. <laughs> I shouldn't hope. Oh, stop. Boo, stop. God. Stop hoping things happen. This has started really aggressively, hasn't it? Uh, <laughs> no, no. Of course, you're allowed to hope. Um, I have pretty much. Come, I, I, I would be really surprised if any large outdoor summer festivals happen in the UK this year. Is what I will say. Yeah, I mean, I still. I mean, Bloodstock's the start of August. And I'd be really I surprised. I would be surprised. But mm. the thing about Bloodstock is, is they, what they've done is they've, they've tailored it to quite a UK centric lineup. Mm-hmm. Everyone they've been adding is quite UK centric. Yeah. Which I think is an intelligent move on their part. Absolutely, it is. Um, mm. You know, Devon, Canada uh, would, mm-hmm. would be an issue. Um, oh goodness! I haven't got the Bloodstock lineup in front of me. I mean, I'm sure there are quite a few. Uh, oh, Fate. headlining. Yeah, no, it's not Merciful Fate, though, is it? Oh Merciful fuck! No, it's out. not. Sorry, I got confused. And um, it's Creator, so they're coming from Germany. Germany. Mm. 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 Uh, but you know, the likes are kind of Silosis and Napalm Death and mm-hmm. Venom Prison and Buried Tomorrow have all been added to the bill recently, and that feels like a fairly sort of sensible thing for them to be doing it's definitely on there it's definitely the most sensible approach that they can take um given the difficult circumstances um yeah i'm sorry to be mr pessimism but i'd still be surprised i like to call it mr realism um but i i'd be really i would be very very surprised i think um if we're going a little bit further down the line, like I was having a look at Damnation, for example, and Damnation, it is indoor, but it's only a thousand and it's like like November. Like if we're saying festivals yeah. in, in and including those kinds, maybe then I'm, I'm a little bit more confident about stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm just not. I'm just I, I've just taken all of the festivals out of my diary. I, I just don't think they're going to happen, to be totally honest, this year. You're, prob- you're probably right. You're probably right. Um, but theoretically, 2022, surely we're going to get stuff on 2022, don't we? Surely. And Download have announced a whole new load of bands. I probably don't think I need to go through all of them because it's like 70 bands. Mm. Um, but Download 2022 looks a little bit like Download 2021 <laughs> and Download 2020, 2020. <laughs> and Download 2012 and download 2008 <laughs> as well like uh, yes. so you know deftones corn megadeth still panther ghost inside funeral for a friend descendants electric wizard sepultura um rise against distillers is a cool one distillers black label society monster truck bush the darkness of mice and men uh 
very hit and there's miss some, as per some other ones yeah, <laughs> yeah um, very hit and miss as per yeah i mean it's uh, I, I guess we say i mean da- downloads becoming the download lineup has become a slightly later version of the the grammys in terms of how we talk about it really <laughs> isn't it just like oh it's not very good um but it, but it will be fine and i i, I I'm sort of struggling with new things to say about it, but it's just, it's not really changed since about 2009, has it, Download? I mean, even the branding's exact been the same for that <laughs> length of time. They haven't even changed the branding. Yeah, yeah. Mind you, what's going on there? You could argue phoning I, it in, aren't they? I mean, for their target audience, I mean, uh, we've talked a lot about how um, metalheads. I mean, we are metalheads ourselves, but a lot of metalheads don't like things to change, so maybe that's a good idea for them. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, like you, I've got nothing new to say on it, and we sort of said it before. Um, uh, it, it 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 looks it looks fine. It looks fine. <laughs> I won't be going. Sure, <laughs> I'm sure it'll be like. Well, the thing is, now, I mean, I have to say, the idea of after, you know, two years, it'll be three years, it'll be three years without a festival. Mm. When you finally get there, I'm sure seeing Deftones subheadlining like they always are, mm. and Corn subheadlining like they, they always, always are, are, and Steel Panther playing like they always are, and Maiden headlining like they <laughs> like they always are, and seeing a load of old boring ploddy bands like the pretty reckless and black label society and monster truck and daughtry daughtry and and, yeah. and skillet and massive wagons on the top two stages like they always are uh will probably be quite good and then you know some good bands on the fourth stage like dying fetus and electric wizard and sepultura i mean every festival in 20- Williams. every festival in 2022 is gonna have an amazing atmosphere when they come back yeah. because people are going to be really excited to do it, you know, but that's, that's not exclusive to download, is it? So, no. you know, I mean, just think, think how, how, think how, um, shuffly those, uh, those chairs are going to be on the main stage at download. Think how much <laughs> awesome shuffling those people are. Think how, think how much are going to slightly raise their beers when <laughs> the pretty reckless come on. Yeah. I think it's sad. I'm going to say this, right. I'm going to have one, last might ever like you can stop me random about this ever after this right i find it quite fucking sad that it is such a rock music used to be i mean it, this is a classic rock festival with a sprinkling of contemporary bands isn't it mm-hmm. that's what this is now yep it's not a cutting edge it's not a you know a metal festival like it used to be it's no. a classic rock festival Deftones and Corn count as classic rock bands now. They just do. Um, you know, it's the same thing that's been going on. And it's it's just sort of a bit, I think it's kind of a, it's a little bit sad. But I guess, you know, the people who will have expendable income in 2022 after the fucking hell of that we've had in the last year and whatever, is probably more likely to be people that want to go and see Kiss or, or you know, I remember, I'm, I was a teenager when Corn came out. I'm 41 now. You know, mm. I, I'm that demographic as well. I suppose I'm just, I'm just not as well. Mm. Do you know what I mean? But the only people to blame really are um, the, the 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 people who go to download and and mass and you know whenever download try to do something vaguely out of the box or vaguely different, um, they just get loads of crap for doing so. So um, you know, 
there's a, there's a large contingent of the download uh, regulars, and that that's that's who you have to blame for that staleness and dullness. Yeah. Thanks for that, guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, download. All right, that's just never going to say that ever again. I, I did. Like, I, I did suggest will. that we not bother to cover it. <laughs> I think that's I why. But there we go. It's I fine. thought it was going to go. I thought it was going to go better than that. Then, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I don't know what made me think that it was going to go better than that. But I, it's fine. I it's genuinely fine. thought it might go better than that. Uh, We're basically skirting around the issue, aren't we? Because. We got to review the new Gojira album. Oh. That's what we're going to do now. Fortitude is the seventh album from the French metal band, almost certainly the best heavy metal band currently operating on the planet mm. right now. And it is the follow-up to 2016's Magma, a record that recently got the classic album treatment for us, um, from us, I should say, alongside its predecessor, Le Fond Sauvage, mm -hmm. from 2012. We kind of hinted if you heard our magma classic album we did a little bit of a spoiler of sorts for a little, bit of a tease. A little tease yeah that we said um could you have made an album that was something of a progression but not really an insane progression mm. and i think there's definitely things on fortitude that hint at new territory for Gojira. but there is also let's be perfectly honest a lot of stuff that we have heard them do before mm. that broadly if you were reviewing this in like the Metro or something and you only had 15 <laughs> yeah. words, yeah, 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 <laughs> is, yeah exactly. is, is, is what your review would be, yeah. I think. Yeah. We can do better than that, though. Uh, but, I mean, we do have a lot All right, more no. space well, to anyway, deal with. <laughs> Manchester Orchestra next. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. I think um, they played a bit of a safe game and uh, 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 probably a wise one as well in terms of the singles that they released. I remember when Another World came out, um, it looked for a short while like it might just be a standalone single and it might not be on the record. Um, it is on the record. Um, but I remember thinking, damn, I hope that this song does make it to the record because, yeah, it's a, it's a really good song. Um, mm. But I will say that having heard this record multiple times over the past couple of months now, I think Another World is probably my least favourite song on the record. And that's yeah, not, you said this to me. And that's not because it's not a good song. It's because it's the most straight ahead Gojira song. And I think um, Born for One Thing and Another World are examples of that sort of old Gojira sound that we are familiar with. And then they kind of branched out a little bit with uh, releasing Amazonia and mm. they've released another one as well. well. They've released a lot from this record, to be fair. I mean, you know, I think it's either five or six of the 11 tracks that are on this record have been I think released it's five. as singles. Yeah, I, th yeah. I believe it's Amazonia, Into the Storm, Born for One Thing, Another World. And I think they released The Chant as well. Yes, they have mm. The Chant. Um, and certainly as those singles have been progressing... They've been showing off more of more of the direction that the new directions that Gojira are going in, mm -hmm. which for me is is the really exciting stuff about this record. Nothing wrong with Another World or Born for One Thing. Those are both really good songs, but they're both stuff that we've heard Gojira do uh, quite a lot. You know. Yeah, I mean, there's there's like I say, you know. Uh, the, the thing is, I think there's probably if you if you're really mad about Gajira, mm. you've probably heard a lot of the stuff 
that you might not have expected. There's, I, I think they kind of, you're right, they've hinted at the uh, that stuff, but I feel like they kind of, for me, they revealed a little bit too much. The hand of the record was revealed a bit too early for me, I think. Mm. Because in review, uh, you know, well, uh, in releasing a song like the chant, mm. which I would say the chant is probably the furthest step away from the link or Terra Incognito that it could possibly ever have been. Right? Like, I don't think that's the one where you go, well, I never would have seen that coming back then. Even on from Mars to Cirrus, I think. I, um, I, yeah, I, I think the only other, the only spanner I'll throw into that works is there's the trails as well, the penultimate song. But we'll get into that a bit later. Yeah yeah okay yeah that's fine um yeah th but those would be the two where you'd go mm. wow they this is a million miles away from totally. what they're kind of what they're known for um and you know letting people hear the kind of didgeridoos and the the kind of the kind of yeah yeah the, the max cavalera isms of uh the kind of 1998 max circa 98 max cavalera is cool i think it's there's quite a fair bit of that. i mean that's not that almost sounds like an insult, Night, circa 1998, Max Cavalera, but it's not meant to be because no. that first Soulfly album was fucking amazing. Mm. And Roots was a classic album for us. We mm. fuck, like, I love that era of Sepultura. I love those first few Soulfly records. And that kind of world metal thing is not the biggest hop, skip, or jump away from the kind of eco metal that Gojira have always positioned themselves as. Although for me, I would say what they were doing previously as a sort of as eco metal is quite different to I mean these are absolutely arbitrary terms. I was going to say here at the moment. <laughs> eco absolutely. metal. What? Well that's but yeah, what they, I understand you know, what you're saying. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, the the world metal thing which is this kind it, of yeah. like it's... salsa latin flavored yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah. Um I think Gajira kind of created something I mean, Gajira, as discussed in the Lafon Sauvage special, which you can listen to for free if you want to um, go back and hear a little bit of what we think about their previous work and have a bit of context for this record. Um, I, I mean, it literally does feel like Teutonic plates shifting. Mm -hmm. Teutonic plate? Not, Teut not Teutonic. Uh, German, isn't it? Um, yeah, something like that. Something like something that. I should have like just said the world moving. <laughs> but it does. It sounds, you know, like Tectonic they have a way of making it. Sorry. Tectonic, yeah, yes. It doesn't matter. It sounds like... Like, yeah, it sounds like the earth shifting. It yeah. sounds like rocks falling. It sounds yeah. like waves crashing. Like, yeah. they can summon that kind of power. Um, Beautifully as well, sometimes. Very whereas, whereas the kind of Sepultura, Soulfly thing, it just feels more about kind of... Hitting you in the you gut. Know, yeah, and but Hitting feeling the, the kind of yeah. dirt, the dirt in between your fingernails. Yeah. Like, there's this really kind of earthiness to it. Whereas Kajira, I think... There's always something grander about that. Mm. But they're massively influenced by Sepultura. Oh, totally. I say D era Sepultura. And I think you can absolutely, you can probably hear, like I say, yeah, this this does feel like there there are moments where they, they, they are leaning in very, very heavily on that particular influence on this record, I think. Totally. Um, but... Uh, as you say, I think it completely and utterly makes sense for Gojira to go in that direction. Um, that said, and I hope you don't mind me saying this, Steve, but a month or so ago, we mm -hmm. had a conversation about this when we hadn't had the album for that long. 
and you were you were a little unsure of those elements what we'll very lazily term world metal elements mm -hmm. the world music elements um so you weren't totally convinced by them i think is is more or less what you said so how do you feel about them now that you've had the record for a little bit longer i i, I have to say this is going to be this is the thing about fortitude for me is that i think them doing that a it makes sense mm. b they are good at it mm. um they see they probably wanted and needed and felt they should introduce new sounds and new elements and a different kind of sonic palette into their their sound and to kind of continue to progress as a band and i understand all those things i actually think they're probably not quite as good at doing that as what they are as doing the thing that made them hugely successful in the first place is what is how i feel about it now that doesn't mean that that a song like amazonia when i first heard amazonia i was a bit like oh i'm not sure about this mm. I, I genuinely was, i'm not sure about this like why are you french guys from you know the kind of the sleepy um mountains in france suddenly going into this kind of tribal jungle thing which isn't really your wheelhouse it's not really where you're from we've also heard that done very very authentically in the past so i was a bit like i don't really understand like that feels less i it didn't feel like a natural fit necessarily to me straight away the sepultura comparisons kind of do but i didn't think i i thought i felt like it felt like a weird sort of stylistic thing for gojira to suddenly do to the extent that they're doing it on this record and particularly on that song amazonia straight away and it felt a little bit like a bit like it was one of the first times i've listened to gojira and i was like that's a little bit jarring hmm. at this point in the having heard it i think that song fits on the record perfectly fine it's definitely not my favorite song on the record by mm -hmm. any stretch of the imagination mm -hmm. but you know it is a good song and yeah. that kind of that bass part mm. is really fucking great mm. um but the whole kind of like twangly dangly didgeridoo thing i just felt like it was a sort of like a like a an odd stylistic decision for them to make was my initial reaction um i i disagree entirely i have to say i actually think it's a really strong bold statement it's effectively and and works perfectly for gojira and kind of the message that they're trying to put across we're all the fucking same on this planet and we have this um we're constantly uh sidelined by i don't know political strife or personal strife or emotional strife and yet we have this massive impending doom over us in terms of climate change it's almost the statement for me is almost like let's just all get together and try and focus on that rather than all the other bullshit that affects our lives all the time. And I think that's that. You got that from Amazonia? I got that from this record. Okay, right. Okay. I got that from this record. Amazonia, I got it from Amazonia to a degree. Um, mm -hmm. But but from this record as a whole, uh, I, I think, you know, it's never sort of starkly said in the lyrics or anything like that from what I recall. But um, that was the feeling that it gave me in that like, let's just forget all that other bullshit which doesn't really matter and remember that we are all 
occupants of this planet, which is going to shit. And we should probably do something about that rather than, I don't know, uh, focus on focus on the shit that doesn't really matter. You know, like, I don't know. All right, who's sub, subbing Iron Maiden at download? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, quite, I suppose. And I think that's a really awesome statement to make. And you make the Sepultura um, comparisons, which are absolutely apt, but I also don't feel like they're... I feel like they have made them their own. Those, you know, again, lazily world music elements. I feel like they've really made them their own. And when I listen to it, yes, I can hear the Sepultura comparisons, but I do it doesn't sound like a Sepultura ripoff to me. They've incorporated no, no. those things into the Gojira sound really, really well, I think. Mm. I just think it was like, at this point, I like it. It was initially a little bit jarring only because I thought, I mean, that feels like, you know, it wasn't just Soulfly and Sepultura. There were a whole bunch of bands. Yeah, there are. Yeah. Oh well, there was Il Nino. Um, <laughs> you know, there are a few. There were a few bands. Who Let, but let's be honest, thing. there aren't many that have done it like really, really well, are there? No, 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 no. There's, no, absolutely, definitely not. Um, but I was like, you know, this does sound a bit of a kind of throwback. But then I suppose it's something that hasn't been done for a very, very long time. And Gojira do do it really well. I just initially was like i get the sepultura kind of connection and stuff but it maybe felt a little bit obvious on amazonia i thought like it maybe felt a little bit obvious and i was also like i'm not sure i i wasn't i just wasn't sure of it it made sense in some ways but then also i wasn't sure that it actually worked in others okay that was my that was my initial my initial thing um I mean, we can go to the chant since you've already mentioned it. I think we out. should. And I think like it's a very, well, it's like a hippie sounding song, isn't it? <laughs> it's, I, it's wicked, but again, it's got that world music, hippie. It sounds like something that um, a very aggressive version of Tim Robbins character from uh, High Fidelity would listen to. Yeah. Uh, I sort of view this as a sort of the parabole slash parabola type pairing on the album um, mm. because you have Fortitude, uh, the title track, which is effectively just um, an intro of sorts to the chant that introduces elements that are found in that song, mainly. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Uh, but then the chant itself brings those elements into a much more sonically heavy realm. Um, and, you know, not dark throne heavy, but, you know, things don't have to be dark throne heavy to be good unless you're a virgin. Uh, but the chant is at once one of the bravest and, and, and most immediate songs on the entire record. And mm. a lot of people, a, a lot of reviews are saying that it's the highlight of the entire album. Um, I think it's it certainly the feels like the cent that that it's important the feel like the centerpiece. And it's certainly totally. the moment for me, it was a moment where I went, OK, we've 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 switched into a new gear yeah. i think we kind of when we did the, the classic album specials we split we kind of split la Font sauvage and magma into almost chapters mm. of like three song um bursts and mm -hmm. going well that fits there and that fits there and i think kajira have always been really good at that yep. i don't really think that al th this album particularly has that as much which uh, might kind of allude to a slight weakness in comparison with some of their back catalogue maybe but certainly for me it's a kind of two two halved record i think because the first five i know i said amazonia was weird sounding and stuff but ultimately it did still rely on the things that gajira are usually good at when we get to fortitude and the chant i think that's when you get stuff 
that sort of second half is is more is definitely more expansive and different and unusual for what they've previously done. I don't know if I entirely agree with you in terms of the chapters thing. I think um um I mean I I've, I'm not finished with the chant yet, but I think Hold On, yeah. which is the fourth track, which is the first song that Listers Born Council that that hasn't been released as a single definitely introduces elements of that i mean we'll, we'll go back to that in a second but um I, I think many many people are viewing the chant as the absolute highlight of the record i think it is very 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 good i'm not sure it's my personal like a star highlight in the album but it's certainly excellent and it's yet another example of why Kajira are just so far ahead of their contemporaries in my opinion and live that song is gonna sound massive isn't it i mean i can't mm -hmm. fucking wait to be in a room with thousands of people all singing that bit you know it's mm. gonna be and trying to look cool at the same time it's you know that is gonna be fucking amazing and i can see it being a massive highlight of their uh live show definitely yeah um i mean it's interesting people it's interesting point to that as like the world metal elements really all really the only element of that song i think broadly is that is that whoa whoa refrain um that that makes it that and even then i don't know i mean i don't know is that enough to to say that there's loads and loads of world metal elements on that song i don't know but um, it's certainly a brave new territory for Gajira, and it's something that... It's got that... a kind of smoky, hippie... Yeah, yeah. ...ethereal thing to it. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. But it's still, like, certainly when it actually comes into the chart, it still sounds heavy, and it still sounds like Gajira. Oh, yeah. You know, it's Well, that's still... why they call it world metal, not <laughs> just world. It's still, it still very much sounds like Gajira, you know. It's like the identity of the band is still very much in in place, and yet they've moved on and they've done something that I don't think they would have put the chant on any other record. Maybe Magma if Push came to shove, mm. but even even on Magma, I think it would have sounded a little bit off. It's 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 a brilliant moment on the record, and it is definitely it's definitely one of the highlights. Um, but I think there's I, personally from the reviews that I've read. There's a lot of people going on about that, which I get. It's the centerpiece of the record. And I think there are other highlights on this record which should be discussed as well. Well, I, I mean, I have to say, right, I mean, we've sort of had a few conversations about this and we obviously we spoke a little bit about it on the special as well. So people might have heard that. But I, I mean, I do like it. I mean, th I, I think the chant's really great. I like the fact that they are trying new things, even if I wasn't initially totally sold on them. And it's weird because, I don't know, I just think Gajira are so good that, like, Born For One Thing as an album opener, like, it doesn't really do anything that Gajira haven't done before. No, but it's I, don't just th I don't think it absolute... does anything that they haven't done before. No, but it's but... just such a fucking rager. I yeah. mean, it's so powerful. Yeah. The riffs are so great. The groove is insane. And I'm actually like, you've been so good for so long if 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 they'd just done 11 of them i still think i'd be going this album's brilliant i would i would have been disappointed if they'd done 11 of them because but not because i would have thought it was a bad album but because i expect so much more from gajira mm. um i mean the fact that they haven't they done haven't that done that so sort of it's speaks volumes yeah. for how good they are but i think they are so good at doing that stuff mm. that i mean you know hold on um, actually makes you feel like you should be holding on to something um 
I, I, sorry, I, I love, I think Hold On is absolutely brilliant. I think the beginning of that song, so it just starts with Joe Duplantier with these multi layered vocals and has an almost chart like quality to it, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, before, before it then goes into more familial kind of grinding Gajira territory. But what isn't as familiar is that Gajira are using that heavy grinding template to spread um, quite a positive message. And that's not something that is done all that often in metal really it's it's not a song that's saying the world has gone to shit it's saying hold on things will get better we will be okay it will it will get better and using metal to explore that sense of positivity um i'm not gonna say it never happens but it is rare and 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 it's one of the many things that make gajira so much more interesting than everyone else that is doing this kind of thing the song goes on to utilize almost just hate breed though isn't it really (laughs) As you just described hate breed. <laughs> I mean, I haven't. Uh, but the well, song... you have positive metal. You well, I was about described. to say the song goes on to utilize almost flamenco esque feel in its guitars. I mean, I don't recall hate breed doing that. Um, but it never betrays its root. They never betray their roots as a metal band at all mm. on this record. Mm. It's it's going to into territory that many of their contemporaries wouldn't even consider going into but without ever losing sight of the core values that make them what they are that is what great bands do (laughs) that is what brilliant bands do there's nothing on this record that doesn't sound like metal unless you're one of those pathetic trolls who says shit like sabbath true sounds like michael ball or something equally inane you know (laughs) I, i love hold on i think it's a brilliant brilliant song on this record yeah it is and i mean i was gonna say get on the kind of typical like quote-unquote typical gajira tip you know newfound um the sphinx like with the pick scrapes and stuff those songs are fucking awesome but again i don't necessarily feel like they're wild leaps into the unknown for gojira in any way whatsoever i feel like they're things that they have definitely done before but they're just so good. They're just so fucking good. I think Newfound. So good. I think Newfound uses um, whammy in a way that recalls Stranded. Um, but then the song itself goes into much more progressive exploratory territory uh, in the way that a lot of the songs on L'Enfant Sauvage do. And marrying those two aspects of Gajira together is something that's really fucking exciting for me. Mm-hmm. I think Newfound's brilliant at six minutes, 37 seconds. It's the longest song of the album and it goes through so many different moods and different parts. Um, Sphinx brilliantly utilizes the Gajira pick scrape, um, but yeah. it's also proof that it's not just the Gajira pick scrape it, itself, but rather the way that it's utilized that makes it so great. A fact that a myriad of copycat bands don't seem to understand or appreciate. It's incorporated in a, in a way that makes it an essential part of the riff, as opposed to just a cool noise that you can make on a guitar that will make you do stink face, you know? And again, this is one of the many 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 reasons why gojira are objectively just to piss off more people better than your <laughs> favorite metal band at the moment um uh that went a bit commandant Lassard, then there are many <laughs> many many reasons. i know we talk about police academy probably more than most music podcasts in 2021 should i i am but... getting a blowjob under this desk as i as i do this oh, review so <laughs> 
It's a police academy reference. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, there are plenty other. I mean, they've made seven films. <laughs> <laughs> that's the main thing I remember. That's the main thing I remember about Lassard. Uh But yes. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, that is, that is, that's why they're better than, uh, than everyone else, basically. Because when you hear the way that they use that pick scrape, you couldn't, you couldn't have that riff without the pick scrape. You know, um, yeah, and true. how many times have you heard bands copy that pick scrape thing? But they don't, they don't utilize it in the same way that Gojira do. Mm. It's true. It's absolutely true. I mean, it's so. I, I don't think any band even can scrape. They can't even make the same sort of sound. They don't do it as of, well. Of the pick scrape, very yeah. few. Let, let, Can't believe you're talking about a bit of well. plastic being rubbed against a bit of metal, and we're like, "Oh wow, <laughs> I know." So important, I know. Um, but it's true. But it um, the trail. We should probably talk about the trails as well, yes, which sure. is a, another slower, more melodic, ethereal thing. I mean, I yeah, you're probably right. That is probably the furthest that they have travelled from those early days, and yet it's still weirdly their sense of gojira is not compromised it's in never any way because yeah. it does sound it does just sound like gojira yeah yeah i don't think there's any screaming on that record uh, i'm no. sorry on that on that song um it does it, it did remind me of born in winter from la fon sauvage which is actually the penultimate song on that record as well mm -hmm. um but it but it's not rehashing that song at all i don't think it's probably the probably the only song on the album that i would sort of i could reasonably hear an argument to say isn't a metal song even though it's clearly played by a metal band um it's built around this rhythmic palm muted riff which you know so far so metal which always feels like it's on the tip of exploding but then it never quite does and it builds attention without resorting to traditional heavy means you know like i said there's no screaming on it or there's very little screaming mm. on it at least i think and again that's why I keep on saying it's why they're better than contemporaries. It is. Well, they are. That's why. I mean, they are. Yeah, yes. they are. And I mean, even ending with the grind, which is just a fucking banger. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like the really sounds like the world being. When Gajira go full Gajira, they sound like the world being crushed in God's in the palm of God's hand. Like they are very nice. So 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 fucking powerful. And I think that's the thing for me is that for all the other for all the other stuff they do that makes them so different and so unique and so weird. And they, they don't ever, even when people, like people said shit about mag, oh, magma's not heavy enough. It is <laughs> like, it, it, sorry, <laughs> but when they want to be heavy, like they can be, they can still be just as heavy well, as they. Grind could very comfortably fit on the way of all flesh. I reckon. I think it may be even could fit on from master serious mm. um yeah. it's proper heavy it's a proper it's heavy way heavy. to end the the album and when the when it's when the record as a whole has thrown so many curveballs at you um it, it it just sounds all the heavier as a result of it the placing of it being the last track on the record just makes it sound absolutely massive um yeah it's it's awesome awesome it's great to end. Uh, the so this record is great, by the way, mm. and Gojira are great. But here's the thing, Renfri, and I don't know how much you agree with me on this. Um, 
this is a, I'd say, a, this is a step down from what they've been doing for the last 15 years, isn't it? Um, I might have agreed with you six weeks ago, mm -hmm. but I don't think I do now. The more I listen to this record, the more... The, the the well the more i like it which is quite common with records um but you know i i think fortitude takes the template that gajira laid down on magma and expands on it it feels like a richer record than magma you know a record that we both love we've just put it on our classic albums um i said to you a couple of weeks ago i think the highs on magma are probably higher than the highs on Fortitude. But it's probably fair to say that Fortitude is over, overall more consistent than Magma. That's my feeling on listening to it multiple times over the last couple of months. Um, mm. I, I, yeah, if you'd asked me a month ago if Fortitude was a better record than Magma, I probably would have said sort of close but no cigar. But, but now, I think actually, after a fair few more listens... I think it's probably a shade better than Magma, to be honest with you. And really? We, um, yeah, I think so. And we just put Magma into our classic albums. So, you know. Um, and the reason why I think it's better is because of it, because it feels richer. If you, if you um, take Magma apart, you only kind of have like eight full length songs on it. There's quite a lot of, you know, intro-y bits and stuff like that. And this album has 10 songs on it and and uh, a little um a fortitude is the kind of intro yeah. track to the chant but just that makes it just sound a bit richer and a little bit fuller uh a little bit longer but not too long it's 51 minutes and something 51 53 um doesn't outstay its welcome like gojira have done in the past let's be honest uh on on their records um and for those reasons, and yes, there isn't a moment like Stranded on it for me quite, although I think they get fucking close, or Silvera. But in terms of consistency, I think it's better than Magma. So so overall, and I've, I, I will confess, I've only come to this conclusion probably in the last week, to be honest. But yeah, I think it's, I think I slightly prefer it to Magma for those reasons. Okay. By the merest sliver. Hmm. Okay, fair enough. Um, but you don't feel don't. like that? Nope. Uh, nope. And it's for one very, very simple reason, and it is you cannot replicate the emotional heft of Magma on this mm. record. Um, it Magma mm. is a special record that was made um, in the aftermath and the process of something incredibly emotional, and I do find myself being drawn to those kind of albums i mean we're about yeah, to we're about and, to and especially one. we're about to talk yeah we're about to talk about something kind of similar to that and um and i i i think that the i mean the very best records that can really pull on those things and i i think gives them a really sort of special magical quality and i think magma you can say, oh, you know, there's this and there's that, and you know, it's you, there are more songs on this, and they've stretched it even further, and blah blah blah. The actual emotional pull of Magma is much stronger. I think when you come to ranking it from the other great records that Gajira have done, I think La Fon Sauvage is a very, very difficult 
bar to jump over just in terms of yeah. we are a metal band and we yeah. do this i still haven't really spoken much about from master Sirius, yeah. which i think is an astonishing record um which you the way of all the yeah uh, the way of all flesh has got unbelievable unbelievable moments on it some, um, some of the best moments of their career on it yeah and um too long. and i would i would <laughs> maybe i would i would have that conversation that fortitude can go somewhere alongside you know that it may dip um it may kind of pip not dip sorry it may pip uh the wearable flesh maybe i'm willing to have that conversation and sort of consider that the other three for me no fair enough Uh, your your rhetoric on magma is absolutely sound um yes there is a special quality to that album because of the circumstances around it. Of course, that no. isn't Gajira's fault. <laughs> I'm not no, suggesting no, you're no, saying no, no, it no. is. But, you know, that's just circumstance. And I do get what you're saying. Um, but I don't know. I feel like, yeah, yeah, I, I, I get it. But I still, I still, uh, like I said, in the last week or so, I've just gone, you know what? I think I think I do. It's so fucking close for me well here's the thing is that this record is fucking brilliant Brilliant. yeah and i still think they've made at least three albums that surpass it i think i'd probably agree with that Mm -hmm. and so for that you have to say what an absolutely unbelievably brilliant band gajeria because if (laughs) this is at best their fourth best record Mm then that is astonishing that is mad i don't think metallica can match that and we're talking about metallica there like what do you mean? Well, in terms of like well oh, as i meant like hardwired to self-destruct is definitely not the fourth best metallica no 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 whatever the fourth best metallica record is in 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 your rankings i don't think mm. it's as good as fortitude Oh fucking hell! Yeah, really? Yeah. Come at me! Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, mm, I don't know about that. What's my fourth favorite Metallica record? I don't know. Um, it's probably Ride the Lightning. Yeah, it might be mine as well. I, I prefer think, I mean, Fortitude to Ride the Lightning. Yeah. You prefer Fortitude to Ride the Lightning? Yeah. Oh. Ride the Lightning does have two fucking gash songs on it. To be fair, the other six are perfect ten out of tens, but you know it does bring it down quite a, a fair amount i mean don't get me wrong ride the lightning is an absolute classic it's brilliant but um yeah fuck it yeah i'll go with that i'm i'm totally happy to say that i think i think um you know i i don't think metallica are super consistent on records to be totally honest um so you know from but i'm using metallica as a as a example because it will make people go what uh, and you know they're fucking massive and that's the level of quality we're talking about here. It's absolutely, they are just, yeah, they are what we said it um, tons of times before, but they are, at what they do, they're just the best on the planet right now. And mm. even even an album that sits, I do agree with you that Fortitude probably sits quite comfortably in the middle of Gajira's discography, but even an album that does that is still fucking outrageously astonishing. Yeah, what it's about? Brilliant. What about? It's brilliant. But I don't in like In terms that. of, in terms of, <laughs> <laughs> all right, chill out. Can't I mean, we've still I'm got to do evil. We've got, we've got to do evil. I'm fucking shitting myself for doing evil. Uh, I didn't sleep very well last night. I do apologise. I'm in a bit of a mood. I um, 
Yeah, I agree. Like they're they're the they're the best metal band, aren't they? Like yeah. no doubt about it. They're fucking brilliant. Yeah. Um, so there you go. You probably expected that. To be fair, you're yeah. not that surprised. Fortitude by Gajira is out now, and you are gonna really enjoy it. Let's move on to our next album. It comes from Manchester Orchestra. It is called The Million Masks of God. It's a sixth studio album from the Atlantan alternative rock band, the follow-up to 2017's A Black Mile to the Surface. I have I'm, to confess. I'm so glad you said alternative rock band there, because a lot of people were saying indie rock band, and I don't get that at all. But I'm really glad you said oh, that. Oh, well, I I get a little bit from okay. well from this from this album. I mean, yeah. This is what I'm going to yeah. say. I've listened to I've never listened to Manchester Orchestra before, and I think we might have had a conversation about the fact that I hadn't listened to Manchester Orchestra before. I think you had. Did you have one of their albums in the best of the decade? Um, I, I thought you listened to Black Mile to the Surface once because yes, Black Mile to the Surface was number four in my albums of the decade. Yes, you're right. I did. Yeah. So yeah. I did. I have. Yeah. So I listened because in in my head I was like, I, yeah. So I sort of remember knowing what they sounded like yes. that's what i was going to say but i yes. didn't know how much i had properly listened to it so yeah i would have listened to that album like literally once. i think i think um, you said on on the show you listened to it once yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah and, yeah. Uh, and I, basically you were like this is clearly great but i you know need to listen to it more to understand it. yeah and you know i've heard many people away from you not just you Renfrey, say <laughs> about mean. what a fantastic other people. band they are yeah, I know it's pathetic, isn't it? <laughs> um, what can I get from any other human that I can't get from you? Um, <laughs> it's true. Uh, yeah, uh, they've just sort of passed me by a little bit, even though I yeah. know that a lot of people talk about how great they are. Um, we should say this is a sort of concept album, by all accounts, based on man's meeting with an angel of death and his experiences of the things that an angel of death shows him. And as we alluded to with the, the Gajira um, uh, chat, a minute ago it's kind of a concept album that was fleshed out even further and lent on even more when one of the band's primary songwriting duo robert mcdowell's father was diagnosed with cancer and he then kind of um he passed away this is a kind of he passed away and this album is sort of told in a i guess there's an allegorical way that the concept follows that very much so right yeah very much so. um so I think that's sort of worth pointing out. That, um, that's the general gist of it. I mean, to be honest, yeah. we could we could talk about the concepts behind this album for half an hour, but you know we've got other stuff to review as well. But yeah, it's it's dense. It is dense mm. and 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 exactly what I would expect from Manchester Orchestra at this point in their career. Um, it's always difficult to review the follow-up to an album that resonated with you so personally. I think the yeah. last time I recall doing this myself was probably for the Caspian album on Circles, which was the follow-up mm. to Disquire, uh, Dustin Disquire, which was my album of the decade. I think the last time we covered one of those records for you was probably Touche Amore's Lament, yeah. which coincidentally features a guest vocal from Manchester Orchestra's Andy Hull. Um, but it's tough, isn't it? Because there's this weird mix of incredible excitement and trepidation. Uh, mm. On the one hand, you're incredibly excited to hear it, whilst on the other hand, you're just praying it lives up to expectations. And I think A Black Mile to the Surface really felt like a milestone in Manchester Orchestra's career. And milestones are always tough to follow up, irrespective of whether you have a strong personal connection to it or not. So that's where I'm coming from with this record. Um, uh, massively excited, but 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 also massively trepidatious um shall we start with you though because i'm really 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 interested to know what you think about this record yeah sure um so 
I put this record on without knowing the context. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to say something which I guess will be construed as a negative straight away. And that is this, is I listened to this record without the context and I enjoyed it. And then I listened to it with the context and I enjoyed it exactly the same amount. Right now, okay. I don't know if that means anything particularly um but what i would say is that i feel like i felt like when i listened to let's take i'm not gonna take magma i'm gonna take i'll take stage four when i listened to stage four sans context right i remember the first time i heard it i just got it through i downloaded it i was walking to work where i was working at the time and i was listening to it and i was like this is really good this is really good but by the end of it I'd not only felt that it was really good, but I felt that it was trying very, very hard to say something. Yeah. It was really kind of straining to say something. And I'd written my review for Metal Hammer for it, right? I got in, I kind of, I, I wrote my review for it. And I was still listening to it as I wrote the review. And I think I've said this before. And something compelled me to go, I should read the press notes for this because I don't feel like I'm getting getting the whole story exactly uh, yeah I, I didn't say and once i did i i went oh i feel like such a fucking idiot now mm. and then when i listened to it again i was like ah oh, this makes this makes it even better and even more kind of rich and um and, and personal and blah 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 and i think the the best records that try and i mean if you knew nothing about ghost team i feel like you would still know that ghost team was really trying to tell you something even if you didn't know what that something was i mean we can't really use that as an example because you and i have both followed nick cave's career and life very closely so yeah. we went into that knowing exactly what that was going to be referring to right yeah but if you didn't i still feel like you would know i think if you listen to magma i still feel like you you would know i feel like if you listen to stage four you would still definitely know. Um, I actually don't feel like this changed how I felt about the record that much when I listened, when I when I knew that when I understood the context. It didn't actually make me go, ah, oh, that all really makes sense now. And that's not to say, like, like I say, I put the record on and I enjoyed it. But I think for whatever reason, that kind of allegorical story that personal narrative that runs through this record i think it's buried very deeply within it it's buried in esotericism which is what yeah manchester orchestra do mm. um and that's actually what i like about them because it kind of um forces you to look deeper if, if well, it doesn't force you but it but if if you do look deeper if you really look deeper into it you do those things do start to come out. So key phrases that are repeated throughout the record, which I didn't get at all for like the first six weeks that I was listening to this record. I thought this time I might just walk away from you if I'm the thief and you're the proof it's pain to choose is is uh, is, is a lyrical stanza that, that comes up again and again and again throughout the record. And I only, I only picked up on that in the last couple of weeks. Um, on the surface, Hull's lyrics appear really esoteric, but once you delve into the meaning of the songs, they take on, for me, they take on a whole new res resonance. Um, I think you can listen to this album passively and get enjoyment out of it, but like all the best art, it's only when you engage with it actively that multiple layers begin to emerge. 
So let's take Telepath as an example. Um, Telepath is a very nice, gently plucked acoustic song in the middle of the record, which marks a transition of sorts for the album in its sonics um, from the freneticism of the album's first half, which slowly fades into more lush acoustic arrangements on the album's second half. Um, a sample lyric in my mind you are an old empty apartment sitting on your mother's table next to you is her carving out our names into each piece of wood and concrete told her i don't have a lot babe but you can have my soul hmm, that sounds nice enough but i've mm. been listening to that song for the past couple of months and i liked it but it didn't particularly stand out to me and then in the last few days whilst doing notes for this i then read Hull's interpretation of the song and he said it's about recognizing that even the best relationships in our lives can have extreme ups and downs at the end of the day it's those that, that we have chosen to love and most importantly those that have chosen to love us that truly matter and then suddenly a couplet like carving out our names into each piece of wood and concrete told her i don't have a lot babe but you can have my soul suddenly takes on a whole new resonance and but manchester orchestra don't stop there they released a video for the song at the beginning of this week and i settled down to watch it last night as i was finishing up these notes it's filmed beautifully to look like one take the camera gracefully glides through the house of a couple who grow old before our eyes and tells the story's song of a life long-term relationship with all its ups and downs through the medium of interpretive dance and I appreciate that the term interpretive dance might set alarm bells ringing. I know it certainly does <laughs> for me sometimes. But in this particular case, I don't remember the last time I was so affected by a combination of song, dance and cinematography. All of those elements individually are really simple. You take in each individual element and they all work on their own. But collated together... It just produced something that is truly extraordinary. And I just found myself welling up watching this video. And I, you know, previous to that, I'd liked the song. I thought it was a lovely, beautiful, gentle song, but it wasn't a highlight of the song, of, of the album for me. And now that I've watched that video, this song has been elevated to a strong highlight of the record. And the beautiful thing about Manchester Orchestra is... As a massive fan of them, I know and I trust that every single song is going to have that depth. I haven't, I haven't, uh, even in the couple of months I've had it, I've not managed to fully interpret every single song yet. But I know that the more that I listen to this, the more I will pick up from that. And, you know, there are not, they're not the, the only band who managed to do that. But bands who are capable of doing that are very few and far between and should be treasured because the majority of bands just don't have the scope in their artistic vision to even com comprehend combining such simple elements together to make something better than the sum of its parts. And Manchester mm. Orchestra, the reason that I adore them so much and, and many, many people adore them with such passion is because they do that, I think. And Million Masks of God does it spectacularly, I think. So... I guess I'm just yeah so I guess I'm disagreeing with you on that but I think it goes down to how much you look into the record we should probably say you've not had the album for as long as I have so no. I'm not totally surprised that you you know it, it takes time to, to get mm. all that nuance and stuff like that but saying that I have listened to this album at least I reckon I reckon I'm nearly I reckon I've listened to it 10 times oh, in cool. the last like 
three days. Cool. Okay. I have listened to it a lot. I think it is because straight away I was like, cool, it's, it sounds lovely. Mm, it does. You know, it's, the production is amazing and and it's very, very dynamic. It's very diverse. It's, um, you know, clearly... I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not a fucking idiot. I mean, this is, there is a clearly a lot of emotion that is being put into this. It's just knowing what that emotion was referring to. And, you know, uh, it it starts fairly kind of slowly and quietly. I think the first two songs, Inaudible and Angel of Death, are quite a slower, quieter sounding songs. And it meant that when Kill Time in the third song came in, which I, it, it was a brilliant, like just on a sonic level it felt like a really brilliant release and it's yeah. a you know a really great song and you know just on just on a technical level i think they have an incredibly um they have an incredibly um good grasp of making songs sound like choruses and stuff like there's great songs on there the the the, the chorus to let it storm i think yeah. is it creeps up on you and it's just it's excellent it's really really excellent and i would argue most of the choruses creep up on you on this yeah, record yeah, they're, yeah. they're not super obvious when uh, uh on the on the first couple of listens and i will confess the first couple of listens to this i was like okay i, I wasn't i wasn't sure at all you know i really wasn't sure but then after a few weeks these yeah there's some really good hooks on this album and i can understand why people kind of refer to them as an emo band because uh, not an emo band but sort of an indie band because i do think they they do straddle like there's a song called bedhead and there's a sort of there's a kind of post-punk thing to it but there's also a kind of alternative rock thing to it and a kind of emo thing to it and a sort of indie sound and they've managed it's a sort of like they're not an obvious although i don't think there's anything on here musically that you know this is not baby metal or something where you went oh my god i've never heard japanese schoolgirls singing pop music over seven string tech metal before like i've never that's mad like there's nothing like that but at the same time i don't exactly know where you would pitch this record and who you exactly you would pitch it as i think they would be just as comfortable playing with a band like foals as they would playing with la dispute Mm mm-hmm Yep, absolutely. I'm really glad you said that. I think it's really difficult to sum up what this album is. And actually, that's why it's that's one of the many reasons why it's brilliant. There's nothing Mm. that sounds conventional about this album at all. And well, it's a very singular, very individual sounding record. Um, And yeah, I mean, attaching any kind of obviously, you know, we have to to a degree, but attaching any sort of genre to it just doesn't really seem I mean, what does this album sound like, Steve? I, I, I'm really intrigued to know what you think because I, I can't come up with a kind I of. I think it sounds. It, it sounds like it sounds like a, a, a kind of a very intelligently made modern rock record. Is is how I would say it. That's fair. a modern guitar rock record, but I mean, it, I think it would. You know, I was listening to it and I was like, this would sound good on the radio. We had that chat the other day about stuff sounding good on the radio, yeah. and we did thrice. Yeah. on the writer's review and so i listened to this and i'm like this would sound good on uk or us radio yeah. but it's not godsmack and it's not the 1975 it's neither of those things but i don't know i just feel like in my mind i feel like this is something that if pe- if enough people heard they would really like yeah I agree. you know and 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 i'm saying that with that you know like i say there's no obvious big 
choruses on it. There's no of like to me, there's no obvious single no, on the I, record. No, I don't either. Think so. Um there's nothing that kind of jumps up and is anthemic about about the record, but at the same time, everything feels very very big, very kind of wide. It's, it's about it's about width and cinematic as opposed to yeah, as cinematic. opposed to like being instantaneous and just yeah. giving you the thing straight away. But yet at the same time I mean, I do feel like, like I say, Bedhead, Kill Timing, you mentioned Telepath, Let It Storm, and the last two songs way back in, I mean, the internet the obviously internet is, 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 is not something you can imagine being on the radio, but yeah. it is, you know, beautifully, yeah. beautifully evocative and sweet sounding and yeah. yet kind of sad and a bit dangerous at the same time. And I don't know, like, I just feel like people would like that. And, and it's all very clean. It's not, not clean as in clinical, but clean as in precise and and thought about and and uh, and specific and confident in what they're yeah. trying to do. I, I really like this record a yeah. lot. I mean, I'd still think, and I'd say 10 times in two days, I've listened to it, mm. two and a half days. Mm. So I, I do really like it. And I my, that was I just wanted to get that first criticism out was when I learned that about it, I went, oh, I bet this will really hit home a lot harder now. And it didn't. Mm, mm, mm. But, but that's because I already liked it, to be fair. Yeah, but I, I, I do wonder if in in a few months' time, you know, if you do continue listening to this album, um, I wonder if some of those things will come through because it because it does that in a it is really really subtle, and I think I do agree with you that there's nothing on this record, you know, maybe bar the internet, which wouldn't work as a single. But then at the same time, Manchester Orchestra, particularly in the last couple of records, have made a real thing of making their entire records like this is an album that you sit down and you listen to from beginning to end this is an album you know mm. and and all of the songs generally i think do work individually but by god they work better as a whole all put together yeah. the sequencing is perfect actually perfect yeah like um, i say the, the, the dynamics of the record is is fucking great yeah. you know making you kind of wait for something which sort of springs is a bit more immediate and springs making you wait nine minutes at the start of the record for something which kind of springs out of you it means that when that when song comes in it really springs out of you yeah. it's very good yeah i like it i like this a lot i like yeah. this a hell of a lot i i i really 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 like it i've had it for a couple of months as i said uh i know that i like it as a matter of fact i think well, I'm pretty confident that I'm going to like it even more come the end of the year. Let's just say that because there are things in this album that I only picked up on in the last couple of weeks, as I've been saying. And But I know that I haven't fully got under the skin of this record yet, but that's just really exciting to me because I know that there's even more to be drawn out of it. And I know that by the time I get to the end of the year, I probably will have got a far stronger sense of exactly all the themes and all of the different individual elements that bring it together and all of the themes that are going throughout it um and that's just really really exciting to me that that's the sort of thing that gets my blood pumping i'm really excited by that and um you know it is a really sonically subtle record in lots and lots of ways but because of that the the the, he the heavy it's so heavy thematically when we talk about you know heavy music and all this kind of thing i think this is a heavy record but not in a sonic sense at all really but it but no. it feels heavy it feels weighty um and i love that i think that's really exciting the fact that you can't quite get a grasp on exactly what it is 
is its strength in a weird way that could be seen that could be seen as a negative and i would sort of understand that but at the same time i i, I disagree with my own rhetoric that i think it is mm. i think it is a positive because um because it 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 gradually reveals itself to you and and that that you know it's the, the, the best it's what you like in it it's what i like it's what i like what I, I like that as well to yeah. be fair um so there you go manchester orchestra the million masks of god is out now i like that i like albums that take a little while to reveal themselves to you and even though that's why i wanted to give it like a full-blown list but i also was just really enjoying it i mean in, in my i did think to myself i need to give this as much time as possible but when i was actually listening to it i I wasn't listening to it for that reason, really. I think I was just listening to it because I was like, oh, I want to listen. That's really good. I really want to listen to that again. Well, and, and, and so you will go back to it, do you think? I think I definitely will go back to it. Yeah, I really, I really do. Yeah, I think it will be a... I'm not going to say it's going to get in the top 20 come the end mm -hmm. of the year, but I think it's... I mean, were we to do it today, I think it probably would be in yep. there because yep. it is very good. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, yeah. it's, uh, you know, uh, very kind of dense, you know, multi-layered intelligent music is always something that we should uh we should be glad of which is why we're glad to be talking about royal bloods typhoons <laughs> the next album that's a joke by the way the third album from the brighton based rock duo a band who became improbably huge on their self-titled debut album in 2014 um getting a uk number one album on their first fucking recommendal then follow it up with 2017's how did we get so dark uh we'll get to the review in a second but before we do um just a question for you quickly renfrey yes or no answer don't want anything else just want a yes or no answer very very simple renfrey are you going to apologize to death from above 1979 <laughs> yes <laughs> good so royal blood had a number one record in 2014 and i have to say i remember i actually interviewed um oh. one of one of them uh i think it was a drummer on the day that they found out that they a brand new uk rock band had scored a number one album with their debut album and i have to be honest he didn't sound that excited about it at all <laughs> like frustratingly just like oh uh, yeah it's pretty good and i was like come on mate come mm. on I, and, and also i think fucking how do you think hawkeyes would feel like <laughs> listening to you I, 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 I love the guys in Hawkeyes, but I think they would be like, yeah, whatever as well. <laughs> but, but yeah, no, I, I see I see what you're saying. I see what you're yeah. saying. Um, that, that first record was all right, I thought. I, I, I like the first album. I, I, th I think it, it came out and it was a big, big success. Um, uh, maybe the biggest uh, a, a relatively conventional rock band has hit in the past 10 years on their debut album. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um Probably. got mainly positive notices, five Ks and Kerrang, nine out of ten and Drown the Sound. Classic Rock gave it four out of five. Uh sorry, it got four out of five in Q and Enemy as well. Even Pitchfork gave it five point six, which is practically them announcing them as Nirvana. You know. Mm. Um I mean you know, it did <laughs> it did well. Uh and then the second came out and people still liked it, but it was very similar to the first one let's let's mm. let's be honest um that may go down fine in metal but you when you have an entire career releasing the same album but did the indie pop right, we're not doing evo yet <laughs> but in the indie pop circles that they've infiltrated i don't think it does go down quite as well um mm. so i think it'd be i think it'd be a bit of an exaggeration to say that royal blood would drop like a stone but there was a general feeling with the second album 
uh, that they they might prove themselves to be a one trick pony. Yeah, it's weird actually. Someone tagged us on Twitter a while ago in in a, in a completely different conversation, and they went, "Oh, Riot Act hate Royal." Someone was going, oh, "I really like Royal Blood," and someone, went, "Yeah, isn't it weird. Riot Act hate them." I don't remember even talking about them, and no, I, I don't certainly think we don't. Have. I certainly don't hate them, so I don't know why someone thought that. I mean, I'm quite glad for their success. Really, I, I think I think that I think that's the real key thing. With them. I'm I'm over overjoyed by their success because. You take those first two records and they are rock records that infiltrated the mainstream. They are a rock band that people who don't like rock care about or used mm. to care about at least. And as we talked about before, those bands are super important. Like, really well, do you important. know what? It's funny you should say that, Renfrew, because I was talking to uh, my old boss from my old job who I think I sort of used to mention back in the day, the guys I work with don't care about rock music. I said to him, I was just listening to Royal Blood's new album. And he said, oh, I used to like them. And now I don't care about them. They're rubbish. And I was like, oh. And they went, oh, have you heard that band Greta Van Fleet? And I went, ah, yes. Um, <laughs> that and, and that to me was the total summation of what people who have a very, very, like very surface level interest in guitar music thought. I mean, I, I, I'm glad for Royal Blood's success. Um, and yeah, it feels like it sort of dropped off from a bit. And when there's stuff from like Death and Above 1979, I, I'm going to have that over this, admittedly. But um, they have definitely gone in a different direction here, haven't they? Yes. Yes, they have. That's the good news. Uh, this is basically the a good sort news. of... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, this is basically a sort of jaunty disco pop album with a few guitars. Yes. Really? Yes, yes, yes. That's yeah. absolutely what it is. Yeah. So... The opening song, um, which I believe is called Trouble's Coming, you probably have heard because I have, and I don't know where I've heard it from, but I was like, I've heard this. When I put the album on, I straight away I was like, I've heard this song. I don't listen to Royal Blood, and I don't know why, but I have heard this song. I mean, it is a please buy a mobile phone song, in it? I think it's on a <laughs> burger advert, like... It is, it is like, and it's an advert. It's a song from an advert. And I've just looked actually, and it's actually on FIFA 21. So there you go. There yeah, go. I was right. It was used to advertise, but I did go, I did listen to it. And I go, I've heard this song on an advert and it just sounds like an advert. Mm. Mm. Yeah, quite. Um, yeah, I agree. I guess you're saying that there's not, there's an immediacy to them yes but yep. uh in the exact opposite way with manchester orchestra there's not much beyond that is there really on this album i would say no i would say there is this is an album of some very surface level jaunty often an occasionally enjoyable poppy rock very modern sounding pop rock Thing, yeah yeah right yeah. i got no problem with that as an idea but here's what i will say is that don broco <laughs> seem to be the only band who are good at doing that <laughs> currently still operating <laughs> um, uh, maybe um royal blood have always had i think they've always had one bdi on pop whilst playing their chunky meaty big rock riffs and that mm. is fine some excellent rock music has been made that's had a knack for a big fat pop hook. And with Ty The Knack. The Knack. 
<laughs> exactly. With typhoons, royal blood haven't thrown out all the rock. They've not thrown out the baby with the bathwater entirely. Um, there are still guitars on this album, but they just sound a tad more neutered. It now feels as if royal blood, rather than have having one eye on pop they have sort of one foot in a boat marked rock and the other foot in a boat marked pop um again all this in theory is fine the problem at least to my ears is that the pop sheen that has been slathered over this album to me personally just sets off all of my irritating buttons uh, i find the hooks that they have written for the most part the kind of hooks that get into your into your brain very quickly but in, in an irritating sense you know mm. when you get like blobby and mr blobby which let's face it that's about the level we're talking here um really <laughs> really you get that into your head and you can't get it out and it is it is annoying and that you know there are i mean casual music fans think oh something's hooky that must mean it's good we've talked about in the past how yes sometimes hooks are a great great thing but just that ability just to have a hook it's not that in and of itself that makes it good there's more to it than that and th the actual hooks on this record are just so damn irritating to me anyway. yeah you said this to me i don't find it all that irritating i mean i think oblivions sounds like the ting tings um mm. which that sounds uh, irritating to me well if it's <laughs> that's not my name i mean that is a, that is a kind of an, an irritating song but i like it as well mm. despite the fact that i'm irritated it is a kind of it's an irritating hook but i actually quite like that as a song the title track's fairly catchy I mean, I think a lot of it is that, I mean, I must have written the word catchy one, two, three, four, fucking hell, like seven times on this record. Like yeah, so much of it is just, is just really catchy. Mm. You know, it's just really, really catchy. And when it's on, you just sort of go do, 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 do. Mm -hmm. It's catchy. Who Needs Friends is pretty catchy. Mm -hmm. The title track is fairly catchy. Bit of a non-event, but quite catchy. Um, well, the, whole, the whole record's a bit of a non-event, isn't it? <laughs> I think, yeah, I, I I mean, you know, the the kind of Daft Punk goes rock thing that they've got going on and during a million and one, I don't actually mind that. I mean, I think the fact that they're not trying to be a rock band in any way on that is probably a good idea for them, mm. really. Mm. And Limbo's a little bit like that as well. So um, so is either you want it. And it all sort of sounds a bit the same. Mm. I mean, I do like, there's one song I quite like on it called Boilermaker, which ah, is like... If, so do I. I like Boilermaker, mm. yeah. That is a bit like if they put Rage Against the Machine in that machine from The Fly with, with Soccer AM. <laughs> like, <laughs> so what an image. Yeah, so it's a bit like something amazing, but also fucking awful. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, the Do you know what I mean? It's, it's really yeah. good, but it's uh, appalling as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a fuzz on Boilermaker, which which is an instant stink face maker. And there are some really cool progressions as that song goes on, such as the falsetto vocals and the way that Mike Kerr spits out the chorus in a borderline hip hop esque way. It's, you know, it's not, mm. it's, you know, it's, Zach Della Rocha. It's not it? Zach Della Rocha, but, you know, Zayda Rocha and Tim Lovejoy together yeah. as one person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
it's nothing that Joshua Homme hasn't done 10 times before and much, much better. But, you know, it's quite good, Boilermaker. And I think Queens of the Stone Age, that's the thing. Queens of the Stone Age is the thing that came up again and 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 again on this record. And again, the sad thing is the hooks on Typhoons, 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 not only sound like substandard Queens of the Stone Age ripoffs, even worse, they sound like substandard Queens of the Stone Age ripoffs post-2004. They're not even ripping off good Queens of the Stone Age material, for fuck's sake. They're ripping off the stuff from lullabies onwards. I quite like lullabies, but, you know, they're, they're ripping off the poorer end of Queens of the Stone Age's back catalogue rather than the, the better part. There are stuff, there's things I like in the, the latter part of Queens of the Stone Age. Era on. vulgaris in a coma, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's what it is. And there's nothing exciting about it at all it's just sort of it's just it happens it's there it's furniture and then it goes um there's a lyric on mad visions which i found borderline hilarious um i don't want to change i don't know how make the same mistakes bring myself out because i can't be tamed the irony of mike kerr singing because i can't be tamed over a tame version of his band is not lost on me it's all just so safe. And I realised that Royal Blood were hardly ever trying to be Gigi Allen. But there was some grit in what they were doing before. There was enough grit in what they were doing before to keep me interested. I AB'd this with the first record, the self-titled album. And if you listen to Typhoons without, you know, out of context of the first two albums it doesn't sound like it's a massive massive change but when you a b them goodness gracious me it's quite it's quite a significant it's quite a significant change and the grit is yeah. just it's all gone yeah and i, I mean gone. the thing is, is is that i would rather they just got completely got rid of the grit and did them more and just went and, and yeah I, I think this record is probably better like boilermaker does sound a bit heavier and i quite like that and um, but actually the ones that i like the most are the ones that are just really 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 poppy because i'm like okay you're you're going really really poppy and this sort of halfway house like i i think you really don't like this record at all i don't massively dislike the record i just don't i can't imagine getting excited about it mm. i don't feel about i don't feel kind of affront like i felt affronted by the Greta van fleet record mm. i felt actually kind of offended by that record mm. um i don't feel like this record is offensive i just feel like it's a band who who want to sell lot who, who want to be big they want another number one and you know they've got a better chance of getting it by making music like um million and one and limbo than they do by you know doing anything that they were doing on the first record because people just won't won't have it now and there's a little bit of guitar in it which is always quite cool but even like troubles come in which is a single like kind of like i say it's, it's like a you know it's like an advert for fucking h&m or something like it, it, it is yeah it's like a car advert like it, it, and it is like that's not <laughs> for a toyota I mean, prius yeah it, it just it just is like there's no you can say oh you shouldn't have said that sort of horrible thing that's what it is that mm. is what it sounds like it sounds mm. like that go and turn the telly on now and you'll hear that <laughs> album. music right <laughs> yeah. and it's weird as well because you mentioned like josh josh Yohomi actually produced this record yeah i know which is i mean it shows probably shows where 
his head's out a little bit as well because villains was you know disgraceful let's be honest <laughs> and um like, but i obviously i have i hold him to a slightly higher standard than i hold to royal blood exactly. who i always just thought were yeah they're fine you know like they're just a band doing this thing and i guess the, the thing is it's like yeah, whack on that new Death and Above 1979 album, which you said was like not that good. I think it's fucking great. Like personally, mm, I think let's, if you... let's let's not get trolly into that. I, there was plenty that I liked about Death that Death and Above record. There were just a couple of songs which I found really really okay. irritating. Yeah. yeah, see, I think that new Death and Above album is wicked, mm. and I think it does the thing that this is trying to do in a way that I that that suits me. And I still think, like, maybe I'm just naive, but I still think there's stuff on that Death and Above album that that, sh- that should sound good on the radio and should sound good or would sound good on adverts. Um, I, I, I'm in I, I'm in the minority when it comes to the Death and Above record as well. Yeah, I'll say it, that it, it's a like that album's wicked, and and I do apologise to Death from Above after listening. To this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> apologise to Architect? No, no, fuck. Okay, off. right, fine. Check. <laughs> Always worth to check. Yeah. Um, and. Jesus. Anyway, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, uh, this album is um, is. I mean, to coin a phrase, it's it's fine. It is yeah. fine. It, like, <laughs> yeah, it's I mean, fine. Um, it is. It's just I, you know, like I don't, I don't, I don't think. I think if you're, I mean, to that person who sort of tweeted, like, "Oh, you shitting on them and stuff." I, was like, oh, I, I don't. We're definitely not shitting on them. But I would say if you haven't listened to the Death Above 1979 album, I think that gives you some really incredible context yeah. as to why it's borderline impossible to get excited about this record. Yeah. I think you can put this record on and have a fairly nice time, yeah. but to actually get excited about it, mm. to actually go like, oh, this is great. I, I, I don't, I don't see I don't see how you could do that. Yeah. I I think it totally totally makes sense that you like this more than I do because the territories that they go to that I find irritating are a pop territory that you stomach more so than me. Mm-hmm. Goodness me, that was a little weirdly said, but you know what I mean. I think you yes. tend to you're way more forgiving of that kind of clean poppy polishy thing than than i am you like duran duran um for example um mm-hmm. i don't think this record sounds like duran duran but you know what i mean <laughs> it doesn't sound like duran duran at all <laughs> but 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 you you are you are more forgiving of that kind of really clean poppy thing yeah. you know um, i was saying that i tell you what i i was doing because sorry to butt in that's okay. just on on duran duran i found a clip of duran duran because we're going to be doing on broken records there will be uh, well, I cannot fucking, I, ca- I cannot fucking wait. There thank is a Duran. Thank you. Doing, thank you by Duran. And I found a clip of Duran Duran doing, I can't even spoil it for you because we are going to do it on Broken Record. I basically, I found a clip of Duran Duran on Letterman. Great. And the, it, 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 like, I mean, they, he, you've mentioned Gigi Allen. Simon Le Bon is more, is like Gigi Allen. In, com- in comparison to this, like, I mean, well, when we get to it, oh my God, you have to, it's unbelievable. But anyway, um, that's for another day. But yeah, but I think even, even Duran Duran uh, 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 are edgier than Royal Blood. Oh yeah, fuck yeah. Um, um, I'm surprised you've not mentioned uh, all we have is now, the final track yet, because that's a Well, I was about to, I was about to, okay, I was about cool. to say, piano ballad at the end, grow up. That's what <laughs> Yeah. Um, uh, don't, yeah. Don't don't chuck all this at me and then end with a piano ballad. Yeah. 
Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. You fucking idiot. That actually, I'm glad you, I'm, I was going to mention that, but yeah, that was the point. Uh, at that point I went, mm, yeah, you've, you're taking a piss now. This is, you, you've, you've made your bed for the yeah. last 10 tracks. You're a, you're doing the poppy thing. Don't suddenly try and, don't end with a piano ballad like this is some sort of artistic statement. Don't end with the, the biggest cliche of all cliches. Um, particularly, cliche. And yeah, and just not good. Isn't it? Particularly difficult when we've been listening to a lot of Ben Folds Five of of late. Um, yeah. uh, I mean, the comparisons are just oh goodness me. We don't we don't have an issue. Mm, I don't have an issue with piano ballads. I think you do a little bit more, but you you, you well, do... I have an issue with them being stuck on the end of a record. Um, mm. Yeah, when okay. you haven't done anything like that ever before. Do okay. you know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is wet as the wettest fart. It's absolute gash. Um, I The other thing that it brought to mind, I have never sat down and even considered Mike Kerr's lyrics before because I'm generally too busy enjoying the riffs because they they were really good at writing great riffs. Um, but that song, all we have now, kind of forces you to pay attention to the lyrics. It's just so cack-handed, that song. And I think it's borderline embarrassing, really. Yeah, don't don't set yourself up as a... Like, oh, don't, you know, try and end it by going, hey, it's not all fun and games. It's like, <laughs> yeah, well, it could be. If <laughs> yeah. you didn't do, weren't doing this, it could be. Yeah. And then it, it would be fine. And then you've actually made this worse experience by doing that. And yeah. now it's made me look back and go... Oh, was it just a fine pop rock album or what? And then you go, yeah, yeah, it was. Why are you getting all morbid at the end? Fucking idiots. And it's That's weird. stupid. That was a stupid, stupid thing to do. It, it's frustrating because, you know, Royal Blood needed to do something different on this record. You know, they needed to. And this record will do really well and people will lap it up. Blah, blah, blah. Fine. But I guess... Uh, I guess the reason that I do feel affronted and offended by this record is because Royal Blood in this country were one of the few hopes that we had of rock music genuinely infiltrating the mainstream. And this is still rock music, barely, barely, this is still rock music, but it is so neutered and it is so safe and it is so... Bleh. Um, and you what, know, what do you I, think Gene Simmons would say about it? <laughs> I couldn't I give a say flying rock fuck is, what Gene say Simmons would say about anything, frankly. Um, <laughs> I, I, he speaks very highly of you. <laughs> I, I couldn't care less what Gene Simmons says about anything at all. Um, but I, I, I just, uh, yeah, it, it's just neutered and dull, and you know, it's kind of okay when it's on boilermaker is cool um despite the ridiculous the, the ridiculous lyrics claiming that he can't be tamed i actually think mad visions is kind of cool as well the rest of it is just yeah a car advert do you know what the best thing about this album is uh no what it is more proof of what a great band don broco are <laughs> it is it I is like just... one album no, I don't. I was like, well, no, I really album. like. I like some songs from the other albums quite a bit. Right, but uh, but I do love them in the last album. Yeah, but that's the latest thing they put out, and the singles they put out post that are great as well. This right. is proof that Don Broco. The, the idea is fine. 
but the execution misses and Don Broca, they got so much personality and they're so fun and so funny and like they're, they're just what a good band it made me go oh Don Broco good come and do a lit come and do a lit <laughs> fucking class Don Broco are a really good example of a band who go into territory that I don't like but they are clearly better than at doing that thing than Royal Blood are I would certainly say yeah. that so um go and listen to Don Broco basically. If you like Royal Blood, I mean if you if you want to listen to this album, my advice to you would be to sort of give it a quick listen and mm. then listen to Death and Above nineteen seventy nine and then just listen to Royal Blood. Uh, listen to Don Broco. Forever. Sixty eight uh, or Haggard Cat or any no, number of the brilliant No no neither of those two because, that are out there. No, no, neither of those two because those two are not those sixty eight and Haggard Cat are not the same as this. No, they're not. You just because I got two of them. <laughs> yes. This is a Winnebago deal. <laughs> <laughs> like then hang a cat and nothing like this at all. No, but there's when you when you take away um when you when you only have two elements to band, there is a certain kind of um uh you're always going to have a bit of a through line because because you've taken away elements. There's only so much you can do with that. So mm. there's always going to be a through line, I think, when it comes to two pieces. Yes, you're right. It doesn't really sound like any of those at all. But, you know, if you want to listen to ones that are actually doing something interesting, just saying. Just listen to Don Broco, lads. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. All right. Don Broco won a two-piece. It doesn't fucking matter. Don Broco's uh, got doing more that is in common musically are, with yes, Royal yes. Bloods than fucking Haggard Cat. <laughs> and that is everything you need to know about Renfri and his just absolute refusal to like anyone like pop music in any way. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you might. If you like this, you should go and listen to the Mars Vault. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, I do think people should listen to the Mars Vault, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair. And, and not even the the big songs, isn't it? And protection. That's what you've got to listen to. Um, yeah, anyway, there you go. Right, we've got one more album to talk about. At last, you've been waiting for it, everyone. Renfrey's been waiting for this. He's been hinting at his thoughts on this without even really hinting about it. But Have I? you all know what he's going to No, you just not at all now. But Evile, Hell Unleashed, the fifth studio album and comeback album from the Huddersfield Thrashers. It's their first album since Skull in 2013. It's also their first album with lead guitarist Old Drake on lead vocals, taken over from his brother Matt. Um, okay, so... And there's a, uh, there's a different uh, rhythm guitarist as well, isn't there? Um, Adam yeah. Smith. Uh, not mm -hmm. the prominent Scottish economist from the 18th century, uh, but former guitarist and vocalist uh, of Riptide. Uh, and not the... Did he play for Bournemouth, Adam Smith? I, I don't know why you're asking me. Might have done. <laughs> I think he might have done. He's a footballer, some sort of footballer. Uh, anyway, okay, here we go. Hey, listen, we're not going to be nice enough this album, are we? Some goon on Twitter is going to have a go at us for not saying this album is as good as Master Puppets because modern thrash metal is so exciting, isn't it? Oh, it's so exciting. And you two, you hate metal. So um, the mid noughties thrash revival was cosplay, basically, wasn't it? Some of it was very <laughs> enjoyable cosplay, but it was cosplay nonetheless. I mean, if it was cosplay in 2006, it's going to be very difficult to get super duper excited by a band who were part of the thrash revival that I wasn't really that into 15 years later. Same. To me, to me, we are living in a post-power trip world now. Mm -hmm. 
you better be absolutely unstoppable if you are going to do this. I know you're not as big a fan of Power Trip mm. as I am, Renfrey, mm -hmm. but to me, undoubtedly, Power Trip, they weren't doing anything particularly original. Mm. They were just doing it with a ferocity and a fury and great lyrics, great approach. Like everything about them meant that I could, I, I don't care that Power Trip aren't an original band because I think the songs that they wrote, the way they sounded, the way they looked, them live, everything was just brilliant. And I don't, it was so rare to find that in about 90% of the kind of thrash metal revival bands who all wore the thrash costumes and blah, 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 blah. I think it's even harder to get excited about a thrash album even than it was then, personally. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How about you? Do you feel like that? Um, uh, I, I, I suppose I don't because I don't have those feelings towards Power Trip. But um, uh, I don't know. <sighs> Contrary to popular belief, I actually do like Thrash. Um, I just don't feel like I need loads of it in my life. And as a result, whilst I'm totally happy that we've had this 21st century thrash revival, which has been going on for what, the past 15 years or so now, which is probably mm -hmm. longer than the initial wave of it in the first place. It's just not something that I specifically go out of my way to seek out. Um, you know, confession, this is the first Eval album I've heard in full um, because I just wasn't particularly bothered um, before. I think considering all of that and considering it's one of those albums uh, this is uh, solid. This is a really solid thrash metal record with some pretty well, cool stuff on it. This is the thing. I've said all that at the start just to weed out the <laughs> miserable cunts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because to be fair to Evile, they've given this everything that they possibly could give it. I actually think that this album is really fucking good. Right, okay. Really fucking good. Like, it, this is, I mean, you know, thrash metal has been... It has been done, you know, like it, it has been done. It is completed. I don't think you're ever going to get a better version of thrash metal. So no one's going to come along and reinvent thrash metal for it to be better than it was back in the day or blah, 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 blah. Right. But like you, I like the sound of thrash metal yeah. and I like the sound of thrash metal when it is done with as much like I say, fury and dyna dynamism uh, and power and aggression and the switches and changes and, you know, and all these, like when you do it properly, I think it sounds really, really fucking good. And they kick this album off with a song called Paralyzed. And it's just a great, like straight away, boom, it's a great song. And the second song, Gore, which has got Brian Persane on it, although I don't really know, I don't know, what, he's doing, it, I don't know yeah. what he's doing in that. Um, I mean, it sounds pretty much identical, to be fair. And I was a bit like, okay, well, the first song's good, but am I, am I going to get nine of these? Hmm. And then Incarcerated comes in, and it's got... It's really brilliant. It starts slow, got that kind of creepy, slow Slayer start. It's got the technical megadeth bits. It's got the Anthrax halftime stomp. It's well good. It's like would return to that song after we have to review it. Like we'll keep listening to that song after the event. It certainly made me sit up and listen uh, because yeah. yes, like you, 
uh, Paralyzed into Gore. Nothing particularly wrong with either of those songs. They are clearly very good iterations of thrash metal. Um, uh, difficult to get excited about it, but you know they they are they are clearly very good at it. And then yeah, Incarcerated came in, it had this sort of melodic acoustic intro thing, um, you know, and and, and it, it goes into some interesting places. Um, and I was like, oh, cool. Okay. Then maybe there is something a little bit more to this. Yeah. And I think like war attrition, where attrition comes in and it's like really, really super fast. And then you get the real techie opening to a song like Disorder. Yeah. And they're, you know, they're tweaking the flavors a little bit. And I think they pitch the way that the album sort of runs really well. Mm-hmm. Um, the production's really good. Yep. It sounds really sharp, really tight, really taut. When they want to go brutal, it sounds brutal. I think Ol, uh, I think his vocals are really good on it. I think he sounds angry. I was going to ask you about that. How do they compare to uh, his uh, brothers, Matt Drake's? I I actually prefer Old Drake because yeah, I mean, I, I have to say, like, I was never a massive fan of evil to be honest but i did have those first two albums i had enter the grave and infected nations um were the first two and then i'm not sure i don't think i ever heard skull and there was one uh another one as well yeah, but, this is um, their fifth album so yeah, yeah yeah this is their fifth i can't remember what the other one was called off the top of my head but i don't think i heard that because you know i had a new thrash band all this exciting and i got the second one oh, it's still thrashy and then yeah. i was a bit like oh, i got some thrash great yeah. um and yeah, and I thought, you know, the vo- the vocals were never something which really stood out to me on this. But uh, in Evile in general, I was more interested in the sort of the complexity of the riffs and the thrashy loveliness of it. And I don't think that Matt Drake was a bad vocalist, but I don't think he was, he stood out that much. But I really think old Drake has got a really good low registered grunt on him, which I think suits this music really well. He's got a full throttled uh aggro manly sounding grrr, voice which is perfect for this and he's got a good voice for this sort of stuff i don't think it's particularly distinctive but i but it is no, but it is no, good no. yeah yeah it, it, and it the, s- the solos really cut through everything there's some really yeah, good ripping, solos on this record, really but, ripping shreds yeah i mean like you already know i'm gonna say i get a bit fatigued by the end mm-hmm. but there's um there's uh, a cover of Zombie, what's it called? Zombie Apocalypse. It's a mortician, mortician song. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Which is about two and a half minutes long. And I like that. Um, it's a cover and it's did a bit it, shorter. Did it need to be on, on the record though? Not particularly, but yeah. it's a bit shorter than the other few. I think yeah. when you get from the sort of, the, I guess the last four. Yeah. If you're taking it off again, I would, I would take the first five songs on this record and be like wicked. Hmm. This is wicked. Um, by the end, with another four added on, I am like, yeah, I'm probably going to go now, if that's cool. Mm. Uh, but that's because what can you do with thrash metal? And they're a thrash metal band. But they're a very good thrash metal band. They're definitely a very good thrash metal band. And yeah, they are. Yeah, I don't disagree. Um, th- they 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 go into interesting uh, bits and pieces here and there. Um, the uh, the the opening of Hell Unleashed, the title track and the final song, sounds like full of hell. Um, mm. I mean, it only does for twenty seconds, and then they go back to their foundation of doing the thrash metal thing again. And I think that's where I get a bit pissed off about it because it's just like, 
why do you keep returning like you, you are clearly capable of doing other things that are that are actually quite interesting but there's this sort of trepidation and this fear that if we go too far into that and go too far away from our core sound which after 41 minutes does get a bit boring uh, even though it's brilliantly done it's brilliantly done eval are clearly really good at what they do it's like it would be incorrect to say otherwise but after a while it does just become the same fucking thing over and over again with the occasional the occasional sort of wink and nod to something different and i just um i cannot stand and i'm completely against that attitude of thrash metal needs to be this and it cannot go outside of those boundaries and it's maybe it's, that's uh, just what they want to do maybe it's what they want to do but it's I, I i actually have more of an issue with the the boundaries of the genre than i do yeah do what evil are doing on this I, record I, I mean i i have you know i think that core between thrash and death metal fans have got to be well, and black metal fans as well uh have got to be the the sort of the hardest ones to please in terms of like not and deathcore fans as well um <laughs> you're just not allowed yeah they just there's too many people who get not allowed to do like, that you shouldn't do this and why well, i want that to yeah Twats. and it, it and it is <laughs> grow and up really it is a really like lame it's way pathetic. to live to live your life but at the same time there's no evidence here that if i are doing that for any other reason other than the fact that they really love making thrash metal and i think no, that's true i think when you get an album like this and you can hear the kind of um the kind of joy that the band appear to be having in making it i have less of a problem with them conforming because i feel like well are they conforming or do they just genuinely really want to do this and i feel like if i'll certainly fall into the latter camp for me yeah. it's when you hear stuff which is really kind of ploddy and dull and played out and you go well you're just doing that because you don't have a fucking clue what else to do yeah. i think if i actually do want i think i think they'd be i think they just really want to sound like this and that's fine you know that's, i i don't i i'm not that you know it, it's gonna stop them from ever being a band that i desperately love yeah quite yeah. but but they are good at doing that and it seems to be made with uh you know a great deal of um of love i of think love and, and, and compassion and, of, and yeah totally yeah, and, they, of, they, like, and of of looking up to the bands that they used to listen to and going oh god wouldn't it be good to make an album that sounds like that yeah that's fine they clearly love this stuff and there's nothing wrong with that at all that's like fucking great and they they are doing a really good example of it um it's just difficult to get excited about it though isn't it there's a Gajira record out this week. <laughs> it's a Gajira record out this week. And, you know, you know and that's a shitty old thing for them to yeah, have to be sort of competing with. But Especially same, considering but this is their first album in eight years. I mean, I ge genuinely, genuinely, my heart goes out to them. This is like, it's not a great time to release this record. Yeah, it's really. a difficult, it's difficult to kind of cut through what will be, you know, one of the biggest metal releases of the year for them. But at the same time, I mean, when you say it's difficult to get excited about, I get what you're saying. It's kind of it's it's quite difficult to get super passionate about. But I think it's still. I enjoyed listening to it. I actually enjoyed. Yeah, listening so to did it. I actually. Yeah, yeah. So I, I. I think it's. I think it's. You know, it was by the ninth track. I was like, I don't want much more of this. I think I've had my yeah. fill now. I'm yeah. gonna listen to Silverchair. <laughs> 
which I did do quite a lot actually after our conversation off oh, mic yeah. Yeah, yeah, the other yeah. day. What a good band they were! Fantastic. Um, band. I will say, but, I, 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 I do. You know, you said that this record it does go on too long and all that sort of stuff. It, it, it does, but not, it, not to the extent that a lot of these records go on too long. Definitely I, I, not. I, I think, like, I would have actually been relatively happy if this album had been thirty-five minutes let's say rather than 41 yeah. i think knock off i mean i've said a bunch of times before with these sort of things i only want if every metal if every metal band that were just going to do this would just release eps yeah I, the world would be would the world would be a better place i, I think. agree i agree um but you know we set out our store pretty early on this podcast that we were going to focus predominantly on interesting music and in the main that's what we do. But sometimes you ask PRs for the promos to a bunch of records and they don't send them. And so you end up having to review the new Eva record instead. So don't blame us. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah. Um, I, that feels a little bit harsh, I think. But anyway. I don't, um, think, I don't think it is. But I actually like, I mean, you know, I actually like it. Yeah, I, 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 I like it because I like thrash metal. I don't think mm. I'll return to it. That said, if um they were if they were supporting a band that i fucking loved or or maybe even if they were headlining with, with a band who uh, if there was a band who was supporting them that i fucking loved or if they were on at a festival and there was nothing else that i wanted to watch i would absolutely go and see them and i'm sure i'd have a really really good time there you go lads i mean you know that is the the ultimate goal in life isn't it to make rem free <laughs> Have a good watch time. Your, watch your support slot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's about as excited as I can get with something like this, though, isn't it? Like, I can't yeah, get much enough. more excited than that. And, right. you know, sorry. I mean, predictable band release, predictable album, and you get a predictable review. That's that's life. And a good review should mm. reflect the record. So gold star to us. Well, we've done very well. <laughs> Hell Unleashed by Evile is out now. And that is it. We will see you next week. Thank you very much for listening. Next week, Van Weezer is out. Oh, God. Yes. Um, <laughs> all right. Anyway, go to signaturebrew.co.uk. Put Riot Act in a checkout and you'll get 10% off all of their wares. And um, go to patreon.com forward slash Riot Act podcast. Come Monday, you should have yourself a Soundgarden double. Hello. On classic albums. Ooh. There's a band to have variety. Yes, please. Yes. All right. Uh, we'll see you later. Bye.